Now they've got another shorthanded rush. Stone is in, stops, he scores! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Over to the right side, sixth attacker is on. Carlson to the left, Petrangelo shoots wide, rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson ties the game. 4-4 with a minute 35 to play. Power play goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Bringing you into what happened at practice today, a full Bruce Cassidy news conference, uh, media conference uh, coming up. Also a little bit more dissection of uh, what has gone into knocking this team out of first place in the Pacific Division. And we'll maybe just uh, size it up as a little bit of it... Uh, Physical, just being in the dog days. Is there a mental capacity where guys are just uh, not feeling it right now? Is there and and squeezing their sticks? Uh, I think there was a lot of that uh, in the early going last night. Darren Elliott was on it, uh, showing some examples of that, where you get some uh, plays that you wouldn't normally see players make because they're just gripping their sticks too tight, uh, or is it because of the injury? So we'll we'll dive into that. One-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League also to come. But to start, I want to tell you about something that happened at practice today near the end of it. And this was... uh, courtesy of the Vegas Golden Knights teaming up with the Make-A-Wish Foundation and Annabelle Hansen of California. Her favorite player is Mark Stone, and her favorite team is the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, She suffers from uh, cystic fibrosis and uh, has to deal with a genetic breathing disorder that requires uh, daily treatments. She's eight years old. She's just started playing hockey. Her Make-A-Wish was to meet Mark Stone and be able to practice. And at the end of the skate, after she got to meet uh, the players and the coaches uh, prior to practice and then watch the practice uh, from from the bench, uh, she had a great crowd on hand, banners in the rink. She came out on the ice and got to uh, do uh, some, some skills work uh, with the team. And we're talking uh, breakaways on Logan Thompson, uh, some one-timers uh, setting up uh, from, from different players uh, at the side of the net. Uh, I know that uh, Riley Smith was in there, uh, Chandler Stevenson was involved in that, uh, Alex Petrangelo, but all the players stayed on the ice at the end, and they made this this great tunnel and path down to the goal uh, from the blue line down in, and players on, on equal sides of it, and it was sensational. And if you wonder about the impact or you ever uh, have, have questioned the impact uh, that professional sports or teams and it can have on somebody, uh, it was off the charts incredible today. To the, to the extent where the the, the stands were full, uh, every person in our office, we're on the other side, we're on the player's bench side, every person, not just broadcasters who are always watching practice, uh, uh, but everybody from sales, from ticketing, uh, sponsorship, uh, video department, everybody was up lining that glass from the, uh, the boardroom and the different offices uh, to our area, watching uh, little Annabelle do her thing and ripping shots uh, in on Logan Thompson. But the highlight, and, and this is a great one, is, uh, is Annabelle has this side of her that uh, a little feisty. Like she's just taking this uh, thing on. And she got to drop the gloves with Keegan Colasar. And they went at it 
at the hash marks in front of uh, Logan Thompson, and and Annabelle like got up, celebrated, went and it went straight to the penalty box, and Keegan went to his penalty box, and Keegan said afterwards he was just glad that uh, that she didn't uh, showboat like uh, like he was uh, encouraging the crowd the other night after after his fight at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, but it was just an awesome to see. And she is just a firecracker out there and was celebrating and uh, right at home and not intimidated at all. Logan Thompson said when he got called up last year, he was uh, more tentative than Annabelle was today as an eight-year-old on the ice. And it was just one of those moments where you appreciate what these guys do, what the organization does, uh, what we could all do in our own little part to be able to uh, make a dream come true. And I will fully admit that I had goosebumps the entire time watching it, and it may have got a little dusty up there as uh, as, as a parent, and, and I'm sure, Chapman, you can uh, relate to this as well, watching Annabelle uh, go through uh, what she was doing and just having the time of her life. Uh, it was just, uh, it was well, well-deserved and well-received and well-facilitated by everybody. And there's also the part about what Vegas is going through right now. You've dropped three in a row for the first time. You've lost three of the the last four or four of the last five. It it was like Annabelle picked up the players. And this Make-A-Wish Foundation and the Vegas Golden Knights and the Legion uh, coming together uh, to to properly uh, make this a dream day for Annabelle. And she's going to go to the game tomorrow night and, and watch the Golden Knights against the, the Washington Capitals. She's going to ring the siren. She's going to be on our broadcast uh, on the television side. But there's, there is a strong element, and I'm not making this up. There's a strong element of adding some pickup to the guys at practice today at the end where no things aren't going great. And it's easy to say that she can add some buzz to the practice, but I watched it firsthand that it was real and it was awesome that the players acknowledged that as well as she did as much for the guys today as what uh, the players did uh, to, to Annabelle Hansen. And I just uh, credit to everybody for, for being part of that. Yeah. I, I get, I get very emotional when, when there's anything with children involved, like something like that and, and cystic fibrosis, is actually something that's very near and dear to my heart because I, I I lost a very close friend to cystic fibrosis about ten years ago, um. So it's something that's always meant something to me, and and to see the team and the organization go out and and just make the the all day the coaches for stayed, everybody. all the players stayed, yeah. everybody was on the ice. There wasn't to, a couple of trickle outs, uh, anything like that. Both goaltenders stayed. Logan Thompson was 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 doing his best in there and, and and putting on a show for her and it was outstanding she skates really well she skates better than me like i i, I watch the videos of her scoring yeah. and she skates a lot better than i do so uh but yeah it's, social media channels check it out uh, it, it's, it's it really fantastic just, it's, stuff it's beautiful uh wonderful stuff and uh we really enjoyed it after practice we get back to, to business and we're we're talking about what's going to happen 
as the team wraps up this seven-game homestand tomorrow night against the Washington Capitals. They can't finish 500 anymore uh, after the loss against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, there was uh, some some tough love uh, delivered the last couple of games by the head coach, and you've got to try to turn everything around. Uh, use that as motivation. Uh, lean on your experience as a player and try to channel that in the right direction. I want to bring you Bruce Cassidy's media availability today from City National Arena here on the VGK Insider Show. Gordy Howe hat trick, I think I saw after practice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Just what is a day like today where you kind of get to do something? It's kind of a good day for us, good timing, because you know things haven't gone the way we've liked, so it makes you just appreciate maybe what you're doing every day, uh, how fortunate we are. So have a young, smiling face like that around, I thought was really good for the group. Um, and uh, I hope she had a great day. <clears throat> Sounds like, you know, looked like she did. Uh, had a lot of fun out there. Wanted to get in a fight, beat up Colasar, so um, that was good. <clears throat> Well, I don't think we've had urgency at the starts. We haven't uh, executed to the level we need to to get going, put teams on their heels. Having said that, we had a two-on-one last night that could have changed that, right? We made a good play on the wall, a good breakout read. Um, we just, you know, we didn't execute the last play on the rush. And, and you know, sometimes simplifying those plays and, you know, direct, more direct pucks to the net, you know, and I know it sounds like a cliche, can, can help us start establishing some zone time and putting teams on their heels instead of trying to our, our team has a a tendency to want to make plays the extra play and a lot of nights we're good at it we're very good at it the start of the year i think we're one of the better offensively tilted teams in terms of metrics and chances and all that and so that's when you got to allow the players to do their thing but right now recognition of where we are you know less is more and simple is better um so in that situation, that could have helped us. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, we make a mistake, they capitalize, and you know, now we're in a little bit of that mode where, you know, you're—I don't know if it's feeling sorry for yourself or—but we got to get out of that situation and correct it ourselves. It's—it's it's hard to win in this league, Ben. It really is, and and guys have to understand that. There's no, no one's feeling sorry for you. Detroit had lost some games. Washington went through a tough stretch at the start of the year. They're finally pulling themselves out of it. So the focus is on us um, just to be better at starts. That's our messaging. And I thought we did a good job messaging last night before the game. I really did. We had a real good <coughs> pregame meeting, but obviously didn't get anything accomplished. <clears throat> In that instance, I would like Carly to shoot. He's a good goal. He's got a great shot, and he defers. He's a center, so like Stevie, they'll defer. And, you know, Marsh is a goal scorer, so he wants to get them the puck. But also there's time I think you need to be selfish. That would have been a nice time. Who knows if he would have scored. But at the end of the day, we got you know, you got to play through that and, and work for the next chance. And that goes to your question. We're not spending enough time in Ozone. We're not hard enough on that on that puck recovery. Win your battles, win your races. Well, those are that involves second chances there too. Last night we were 
disconnected on when our point shots arrived at the net, not having people there, and then other times we had people there, the point shot got blocked. You know, we saw that a lot in the first period, especially up the right side. And for whatever reason, we didn't sustain any ozone. Um, and that's been, I, I think it's been one of our challenges I took on this summer because I felt that that was a bit of where we needed to be better as a team going into the season, never mind going into last night. So that's still a work in progress. Interior ice presence, getting guys to do both. You know, like Harley's line, for example, they're very good supporting the puck off the rush, make sure they build their Ozo game. And I think they've been doing a good job. But, you know, we're reminding other lines, Stevie and Jack, right? But that, that's where we miss Stoney's presence. You know, Phil's not necessarily that guy, so we're trying to build it in with every line. You get it a lot with Nick Waugh's line. Right? They just do it well, but we need to build it through four lines, and that's still a work in progress. So to answer your question, yes, we need more ozone time last night, and we'll need the same tomorrow. <clears throat> I think they're checking us harder through the middle of the ice. I do believe that. Edmonton came over here, got over top of Jack in a hurry, and Carly um, taking away our rush game a little more. Yes, I do believe they're much more diligent in, in not allowing us to get through the middle of the ice in the neutral zone with speed from our end or from a quick turnover neutral zone transition. Dallas got back in a hurry. Edmonton pulled back the other night. Detroit got into their 1-1-3 in a hurry. They weren't forechecking us hard in the neutral zone. So those lanes don't open up and easy access to the blue line. So absolutely teams are doing a better job with that, knowing that we're very good off the rush. So what, what happens, right? You got to play in the. You got to go forecheck and create off offense in the O zone. To your question, that's right now the challenge for us is accepting what's in front of us. Score affecting that in a big way, or do you think that's happening straight off the jump? What do you mean? The, oh, because you've been behind so much. Oh well, it's easier to go into that sort of defense. You can. It's easier to tell your your team, hey, we're ahead. Let them make the mistakes, especially at home. Right? They're on the road. We went on the road. We got the lead. It's like, okay, listen, they're going to have to push structure here. Attention to detail, transition, counterpunch. We did it to a T on the road, and that's what teams are doing to us. <clears throat> One of your players just said that, you know, this is a rut that happens in the NHL, and you gotta kinda live through it. And then he stopped and said, well, we're not the first case anymore. And if you need anything else to talk You're listening to Bruce Cassidy's morning availability on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Yeah, guys should be goal-oriented as, as individuals. I have no issue with that. Guys go into the season, they want to hit their marks. Uh, it shouldn't define them. It shouldn't, you know, get them in a negative mode if they don't make it. Those are, the, I mean, they, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And there should be team goals, absolutely. I've said it all along. We, we want to be a first-place team. We want to be a playoff team first, and we want to be a first-place team, and then we want to be a conference. So we're not running from that or hiding from that. That's our goal. And... Okay, so now we've we've lost a bit of our footing there, so we can't let it consume us, Gary, either. But be mindful of it. What do you want to be? What are your expectations of the group? You know, what what do you want to be? And that that has been brought up. You know, what is your expectation as a group? What is our expectation? This is where we feel as a coaching staff we can be. You know, what do you guys think? So there's a bit of that challenge to them, to motivate them to, to go and and. Let's hope it sinks in here soon. And, and I'll say this, sometimes the answer is, well, you know, we're missing some of our guy, you know, so of course we're going to slip. Yeah, that, that might be the case. But as I said, three weeks ago, we were playing some pretty hard hockey where we just came out on the wrong side of the score a few times at home. 
because you know, I'll go to the Buffalo game, we didn't finish or we hit a post or we ran into a hot goalie. That didn't happen last night. It didn't happen against Dallas, right? Like we weren't the better team and lost. You know, they were the better team and they clearly deserved to win. Last night, I think you could say the same. So that that's where I got to get our team back to is where we're we're the better team and sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. Um, but you're the better team. It's a challenge for a coach in finding a blend of uh, accountability and positivity. Well, 100%, because I think years ago it got right to accountability and, you know, work, work, work your way through it. Now it's like today, right? We play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, and we're flying across country on Monday. So you got one work day, which was today. What do you want to do? You want to drill it into them that not acceptable, or do you want to prepare them for the next three and four and be careful with that? And that's always a coach's challenge that the messaging comes across the right way and you find that balance. So, and I think it's both, you know, the accountability should come probably on a day like today in the video. And then the work should be about preparing for tomorrow. That's what we tried to do today. Last uh, Tuesday was a scheduled day off after the Monday. So there's nothing you do about that Wednesday. You know, we tried to work a little harder, even though we're, we knew we were playing Thursday because, you know, we had the Tuesday off and it didn't translate to, what we want on the ice against Detroit. So, <clears throat> yes, yeah, they'll travel. Uh, Theo and Howie, right? They will travel. I can't speak to uh, Stone and Carrier whether they'll travel yet, but Howie, and I think White Cloud might be traveling as well. Any chance those guys play Saturday? I don't believe so. I think it's more the, the New York, uh, one of the, the games in New York or Jersey, maybe. Question at the end, discussing uh, the potential of getting the likes of Will Carrier, uh, Shea Theodore, Brett Howden, Zach Whitecloud back in the lineup. Uh, there's some good positive movement on that. Doesn't sound like it's going to happen this weekend, but traveling is a possibility with those players. That would be a huge boost. Think about going to that. The last goal Will Carrier scored, he didn't even see it go in. It went off him, and they end up coming back, and they beat the Florida Panthers. I think there's a lot to that. Interior ice, you want to call it that, or you want to go, go into the net or causing a disruption? Because when you go there, what you're doing is you're taking the attention away from the goaltender a little bit, looking out of the peripheral vision. Uh, the defenseman has to stop you, so he can't just focus on blocking the shot. He's got to, to make sure that you don't get a stick on that puck, either deflecting it or a rebound. There's a lot that can happen, and it's hard to do to force yourself to go to the front of the net because it's work. It's a lot of work, and I can see why sometimes it's just not happening uh, during the course of a game. But this is, this is three games in a row where you're not happy with the result. And you got to crank that meter up a whole bunch going into tomorrow. They're not that far off, but four out of five, that's going in the wrong direction. Vegas has played half their games as one-goal games this year. Half them one-goal games. They lost last night a one-goal game. They lost against Edmonton a one-goal game. I would say some of that is a little misleading 
like last night, scoring the goal at the end, but it still gave you a chance to push for the equalizer uh, at the end. I don't think it's that far away, not as far as some will term it, but there's enough missing that you need to see some significant adjustments in the approach. Now, let's let's go down the list. Forwards, not they're not producing enough. That's obvious. That's a that's a contributing factor to the last week. Definitely. The injuries, for sure. But what would you say the impact of the injuries is? Is it twenty percent? Is it ten percent of of holding them back? Well, I, I, I think a big part of it is who is injured. Well, the same thing though. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think if you have Mark Stone in the lineup, I think the impact of the other injuries probably isn't as severe or significant. Mm-hmm. But when you take Stone out of the, the equation and he's out of the lineup, I don't think there's a lot of teams in the league who could overcome losing a guy who provides as much to his team as Mark Stone provides to this team. Like if you if you're Edmonton, you take Connor McDavid out of the lineup. That team is 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 awful. I mean, I know Drysaddle's really good, former MVP, yeah. But you're you're, you're taking the heart and soul of yeah. a team out. So I think that that's a big part of it. And I know fa- fans don't want to hear the injury thing. And so if you got a hundred percent here, and it's uh, I, I think the goaltending's been. Okay. Yeah. Maybe ten percent of this. Uh, you want to talk about the defense? I don't. I don't think that's a, a big factor. No, I think that the blue may, line's actually been five, pretty, but the, but pretty the, good. So, so I'll give it fifteen percent there. Uh, forwards not scoring. That's a big part of this. Well, it goes so back to to what Bruce said last night about passengers. You is, know, that, you, is that thirty percent, forty percent? Well, then you're up to uh, let's go fifty five percent. Squeezing the sticks. Anxiousness. I think we saw some of that last it. night. Definitely. Darren Elliott broke it down in the first intermission. It was unbelievable how certain plays that they make easily weren't happening. And that was the squeezing your stick effect. I, I think there's 20% of that, certainly last yeah, night. So a, now you're it's, up to, it's a mental, to, to To quote Gerard Galland, it's a mental thing. Right. So the, the mental squeezing the stick, I, I put that in the same category. So now you're 75%. Is is the injury 25% or I, or is it some players just not playing up to their level? I think there's a little Boys, bit of both. Yeah, there's probably 20% of that, so now i got to adjust my other numbers because the injuries are more than, than 5%. Well, like last night, thing. how much of a difference does having a, a defenseman who can move the puck out of the zone like Shea Theodore make a difference in that game? For sure, but Shea's been out a while. But, but and they've I, been able to win games. And does he make you better? Considerably, Chapman. Yeah. Hugely. Hugely. But I don't think the last three games is because Shea Theodore's not there, yeah. That compete factor hasn't been missing because Shea's not there. Well, I think it's because the, the captain's not there. But this is this is a layered Yeah, there, there there's a lot. It's it's like your seven layer bean dip, right? Go to I wasn't going to go there, but and, I like it. You, you pick like up the, 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 the bean dip on the way home, and yeah. you, you got some chips, and you've got the top layer, right? But that's usually not Interesting the best. analogy. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've made my, my fair share as well. But I there's a lot of blame being heaped on a few specific areas. I think this is really layered. And now, can you get it back? For sure. 
We we saw how relieved they were when they scored last night when Petrangelo's knuckle puck went in. Yeah, uh, they got a break in the, in the late going. Uh, they 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 felt good about themselves. I think it's it's closer than we believe than it appears. Uh, but you got to work to get it. You well, got to capitalize on that. Even like the Dallas game, they scored that first goal comes off of a turnover, but the second and third goals. We're kind of goofy goals. Yeah. Like, normally, they, they those probably don't go in. But they went in on that particular day. See, I didn't like the Dallas game at all. No, but... Last but, night, I saw a couple of things that I could get my head into. But, but like you mentioned, they're close, right? Because they didn't play well in the Dallas game, but those two goofy goals kind of changed the entire game. If that's a one nothing game late... Mistakes though led to the first goal in, yes. in both games. Yes, mistakes. And, and I, I would I, I say I would the, argue the Edmonton game as well. The the Dallas goal was a turnover. Last night was a squeezing the stick turnover. Yeah, that, that that's how I determined. So you're close, but four out of five, that's not good. And tomorrow night, you got what will be the greatest goal scorer of all time coming in your rink. Oh. And he likes that place. Yes, yes, he, 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 he likes He's that probably place. already enjoying Vegas. Oh, we got uh, one-timers coming up. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about an emotional head coach in the National Hockey League who, like us all, knows that his job is just hanging by a thread. And it was a really interesting, as much as the team held a, a fascinating news conference earlier this week, what Bruce Boudreau offered up was equally as fascinating. It's a one-timer on the way on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Sending our thoughts to Max Pacioretty of the Carolina Hurricanes, who has been placed on injured reserve by the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, suffering a torn Achilles last night. It's the same injury that he incurred in the summer training leading into his first season with the Carolina Hurricanes. He left uh, about 20 seconds ago in last night's game, and you knew it right away. He hopped. uh, If you've seen uh, an Achilles injury, you know exactly what it is, just like you know what a hamstring injury is. And he grabbed his leg and uh, hopped up, and it was awful. And we immediately went to, is that the same leg? Yes. Uh, He'd missed the last couple of games uh, with a lower body injury uh, before playing Four games prior to that. Uh, it was only his fifth game of the season last night because he spent the first 38 recovering from the first torn Achilles injury. And he's mid-30s. He's done a lot in the game. I hope this, I hope he's got it in him to come back again from a torn Achilles injury, which is a lot to ask for uh, from a professional athlete. It just terrible scene last night uh, not in good spirits obviously uh, going through that so uh, stick taps uh, and all good vibes going over uh, to Max Patch already uh, let's uh, slide over to Vancouver where earlier this week the Vancouver Canucks held a, a press conference in which the president of hockey operations Jimmy Rutherford spoke and the initial meeting for the press conference was to deal with a situation involving Tanner Pearson who's got a broken hand and he's had it uh, fixed a couple of times 
uh, had surgery again, and there was a, a, a statement made by defenseman Quinn Hughes on the Vancouver Canucks that things had been bungled a little bit in that uh, surgery. So Jimmy wanted to clear the air. He said he did an investigation. Everything was in the up and up, and uh, they're hoping for the best for Tanner Pearson. But then the, the news conference uh, devolved into, and it devolved is the, the proper terminology here, uh, into what's going on with the team, uh, Bo Horvat uh, and uh, his status uh, going forward uh, with his contract. And then you get into the coach, Jimmy Rutherford, and, or sorry, uh, Bruce Boudreaux. And Jimmy Rutherford said that he talked to other people about the coaching position this year. Basically admitted that he's kicked the tires of a couple of things at potentially making a change, which you don't hear from ever from a general manager or a president of hockey operations that they've talked to people about the coaching position, but the coach, the start of the year is still the coach. It was, it was a strange statement uh, that we got. So everybody runs to, to Bruce and we got a chance to, uh, to hear from Bruce and he got emotional talking about uh, his time with the Vancouver Canucks today. He said, I, I don't know about what's going on. I, I I really don't know what's happening. He said he'd be a fool not to say that uh, he doesn't know what's going on because he does know all the statements that have been made. But he uh, reiterated that he comes to work and he just realizes uh, how great it is to be in the game. Now, we've had Bruce on this program. We love Bruce. Uh, I go a long way back with Bruce. He's one of the great characters of the game. And uh, quite frankly, uh, n- nobody needs to hang in the wind. I don't know whether they're going to make a change. It sounds like they're going to make a change. Uh, there's different reasons why they haven't made a change. Uh, one of the prevailing opinions is they're still paying Travis Green uh, as the head coach. Uh, That's who Bruce Boudreau replaced. They don't want to make a change with Bruce Boudreau and then to be paying a a third coach if they bring somebody else in. A lot of talk about Rick Tockett, uh, another pal of mine. They might potentially go in there uh, as as the head coach. Uh, I really don't know. To try and guess what's happening there with all that's occurred already, uh, it would basically be impossible because it's just a weird situation. Uh, I, I hope Bruce gets to coach out the rest of the year and then walk off. He's, he's not going to be back next year. Going into this season, the Canucks were trying to hire assistant coaches that had structure in their portfolio to try and bring them a little because they felt that Bruce was a little too loose uh, with his handling of practices and the way he handles his team. They wanted that structure in place. And they made decisions based on, on that. Mike Yo was there, uh, former head coach in the National Hockey League in a couple of different spots. I, Bruce isn't going to be back next year. I hope he gets to coach out the rest of the, this season. But he, he did say that uh, people are calling him. They're wishing him the best luck. They're telling him to stay stay strong. I say, I, he's got his wife phoning him saying, you're not in the ice. Is everything Okay. That's how fragile the situation is with the uh, with the Vancouver Canucks right now. So uh, strange, not a positive one at all. Vancouver Canucks uh, slipping out of uh, contention uh, when it comes to a playoff spot and just a lot going on around their roster right now as well. I uh, also want to tell you that the All-Star game is uh, is coming up and there's some really cool stats 
in and around the All-Star game. We got some players that were were added yesterday. Stuart Skinner, the rookie goaltender from the Edmonton Oilers, goes with the Pacific Division. That means it's an all-rookie goaltending tandem for the Pacific Division that uh, head coach Bruce Cassidy will handle. First time ever they've had two rookie goaltenders in the same team in in the National Hockey League All-Star Game. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Stuart Skinner's mustache just missed out on being voted in, but I'm heard I'm told that uh, that it will attend and and be an alternate. Maddie Beneers will also go. So the Pacific Division has three rookies on on his team. That's a little bit strange. All three rookies in this year's game on on the same team. Uh, this will be uh, a game in which twenty two team leaders and points are going. So you'd ex- kind of expect that, that kind of uh, thing. Uh, 44 players selected represent 6,600 goals. That's a lot of goals. And 18 of the 44 players selected have won at least one individual NHL award. The group accounts for 14 Rocket Richard trophies, 12 Ted Lindsay awards, 10 Hart trophies, 9 Art Ross trophies, Top score, seven Calder trophies for Rookie of the Year, and five Conn Smythe trophies, along with four Norris and three Vesna trophies. Uh, the the goaltending is really interesting. You've got the two rookies in the Pacific, and then you've got uh, Linus Allmark and Andre Vasilevsky from the Atlantic Division. Now, did you think at the start of the year that it would be Vasilevsky backing up Allmark? No, but no. good luck. Yeah, and then. In the in Atlantic or the Metro, you've got Shesterkin, reigning Vesna Trophy winner, and Ilya Sorokin. So I'm going to call something right now. I, I'm, I, I'm disappointed it's not Vanacek. Oh yeah, you, you thought he might get in there? I thought. I mean, his play he's certainly been been yeah. good enough. Shesterkin likes to handle the puck. Yeah, this is on a podcast that I did uh, earlier, and they they told me about it in the In Goal Radio podcast. They said, expect Shesterkin to try and score. Oh, that'd be great. So keep an eye on it. Now, you you do get an opportunity in three-on-three three usually where they'll they'll pull the goalie for the four-on-three attack. <laughs> yeah. You do get a look on it, but there's not a lot of time and space in three-on-three three for the goaltender to really handle the mm. puck and get a ripper off. That would be fantastic. But that is out there right now that, uh, that you may have a goaltender take a shot at the empty net. But uh, that's coming up at the NHL All-Star Weekend in uh, closing in on a couple of weeks. But uh, if, if you were going there, is there one player in particular that you would want to grab a stick from? Because that's what the All-Star Weekend is about. You go there as a participant, you grab as many twigs as you can from the other guys. I, I, I lean towards McDavid only because he, he's the best player in the world. Um, I think Maddie Beniers would be cool, mm-hmm. right? Because he, he's a he's obviously a, a, a forward and a rookie. Um, so I don't I don't know how many goalies give out their sticks. So I'll go with the rookie Beniers there. Um, Ovechkin, but he probably won't show. Right, he never really shows up for these things. Oh, he's pretty good. Last year he had he had COVID, so yeah. he, he wow. didn't he didn't make it. But uh, He's another guy. I think he goes. I I hope so. Um, I don't know. They're, 
I, I, I lean towards McDavid because it, he's just so damn good. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's ridiculous watching him play, and, and he's just the best player in the world. So it'd be cool to have a stick from that guy. Um, I I don't know. I'd have to think a little bit harder about it. I, I Not something I gave a lot of thought to. Uh, Jason Robertson made it, correct, for Dallas? Yep. He'd be another guy on, on that list. Um, just really enjoy watching him play. So so there, there's, there's a couple guys, yeah. Ovechkin, Robertson, McDavid. Mm-hmm. What about Eric Carlson? Guy's having an incredible year. Says he wants to win. Trade rumors? Ooh. Accelerated. That's a, that's a lot of term and a lot of money. Yeah, I don't know whether there's a team that can pull that off. They'd have to certainly get very creative with their... Although, I, I, I think... If you have the space now and you, you, you have these rumblings of the cap expanding significantly in the next few years, mm-hmm. if you can get creative up front, you probably have the space a little bit you down the line. You most upset about this development with Carlson warming up to a trade? Arizona Coyotes. Because Jeff Chickren wants out of there. Yeah. They wouldn't mind trading him because he's not happy, but they want a boatload back. That's just going to soften their market. Well, if he wants to win, I, I couldn't imagine him being like, yeah, Arizona's where I want to go. No, but it softens Arizona's market to get as much back because oh, oh, the yeah, asking yeah, yeah. price is extreme there. Okay. So yeah. now they're like, oh, we got to lower <laughs> our price because Carlson's in the mix. Uh, those are your one-timers for this Friday in January. Catching up with Chapman's next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. I know you are a newfound soccer fan, and uh, there's a story that came out today about Juventus in Italy, the most storied club in, in Italy. They've won, I don't know how many championships. I know they've Multiple. They, many, many. Multiple. They're like the Montreal Canadiens of Italian soccer. They've got so many championships. Although they like, don't speak French. Well, they speak. Some of them do. They've got some French players. Okay. But uh, I don't know if you saw the story or not, but they've been deducted 15 points because they were investigated for, for doing some shady business when it came to signing players and contracts. And they even had a, a little black book. It was titled The Little Black Book full of all the shenanigans. Like what? Well, just like deals that they were they were making that weren't authorized and and violating fair play and but there's no salary cap can no, you do but, whatever but, you want well there's rules that you have to generate a certain amount of revenue like you can't just the the revenue you create can be used to to sign players you can't just artificially inflate your revenue you can't no well that no. used to happen in the premier league like yeah. during the boom days well it doesn't happen anymore well, supposedly, reading a great book, Manchester City may on, uh, the, uh, on the Premier League, but they so they've been deducted fifteen points, mm-hmm. and the prosecutor in the case only suggested nine points, but the judge said, "No, no, no, we're going to go harsh." Judge gonna, different fan, a uh, fan of a different club. Uh, my friend says he must be from Napoli, who are right now leading. So, what does this do to the well, championship? It knocks them from third to tenth in the standings, and it puts them ten points behind. The next closest spot to qualify for Europe and over the Champions League. Well, their their Champions League is gone. Forget that. But even like one of the lower tier European tournaments now, they are in danger of missing. Which they they had a horrific campaign in the Champions League. They lost to a team from Israel, which is unheard of in the Champions League. But 
chance of not playing in Europe at all next year, which of course means a a big big hit to the pocketbook when it comes to uh, revenue streams. So interesting situation. Italian soccer unbelievably corrupt. So good chance this may get reversed at so some getting point. Getting caught is. A surprise. Yes, yes. Right. Because there were other teams that were investigated, Sampdoria being one of them, Ooh. and they were not found to be in violation. So, uh, Bournemouth, by the way, uh, acquired Drago in the transfer window. Ivan and, Drago? Yeah. Well, not Ivan Drago. <laughs> I no, wish. No. I must break you. I must break you. Uh, so that's uh, big news adding. Yeah, and, and we didn't even talk about L'Orient in uh, yes. Ligue 1. Back uh, another uh, franchise under the umbrella. So yeah. this, is, this is good. Very cool. Bill Foley expanding the operation. You're already trying to figure out how, you oh, how to get to, right? yeah, Brittany. Yeah. Oh, I'm all about Brittany France. Let's do it. Uh, Let's tomorrow, go. 7 o'clock start at T-Mobile Arena. Golden Knights against the Washington Capitals. Pre-game show on Fox Sports Las Vegas at 6 with Ryan Wallace.